welcome to Press Church. My name is Rhonda Litton. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our Connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you're new with us today, we are so glad you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm new link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. Press Youth will be having a lock-in on July 30th through the 31st at our PAL campus. For more information, you can visit our website or come find me after service. Every Wednesday at noon, we release a midweek where the pastors discuss spiritual questions with each other. If you have any questions you'd like for them to dig into, please email us at info at presschurch.tv. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you're visiting a campus in person, there's a box by the back exit of the worship center where you can drop your support as you leave. If you'd prefer to send in a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community, both locally and globally. Now, let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Well, good morning and welcome again to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, I also want to say a special welcome to those watching us online. If you are joining us online, make sure to say hello. Let us know where you're watching from. Uh, as well, if you are visiting us for the first time, thank you so much for being here. I uh, hope that you felt welcomed and I hope for all of us today that we uh, hear from God, that uh, he speaks to us and it's just a blessing to us. Um, so we are closing out our Together series. If you're joining us for the first time, we've been in a series called Together, talking about the importance of being together, the importance of uh, community and why we need each other. And when I look around our world today, uh, I see a lot of division. I'm sure most of us feel that. We look around and our culture is really good at dividing us. We've got people who are for and against masks. We've got people who are for and against vaccines. We've got uh, division socioeconomically. We have divisions racially. We have all these divisions in our lives right now. And the question is, how do we as a church do better? How do we as a church break that trend? What can we do to break that trend? How are we doing something different? I think for us, you know, as a church, the desire is that you would come here and that we would be unified, not around what we have in common, but, or maybe physically have in common, or what would look like we would have in common, but we would be unified around Christ, that we'd be unified around Him, and that's what brings us together. And so as we start today, I wanted to highlight this. When we are unified together, we will make a difference. We talk about wanting to make a difference a lot here at Press Church. We wanna make a difference in this community. And if we are not unified, we will not make a difference. So we have to be unified together. We have to be one. 
And if we are unified, we will truly make a difference. And so if we are gonna break that mold, if we are gonna break the mold of division and having our little clicks, how are we gonna do that? And that's what we've talked about over the series. We've talked about ways that we do unify. And I believe it starts with what I talked about in the first week. I shared with you Hebrews chapter 10. I'm gonna read it again for us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so there's, there's really two things that I highlighted in the first week, and it's this. First, encouragement cannot take place in isolation. And the second thing was biblical community fuels us to love. If we come together, if we do not forsake coming together, we will be encouraged. That's the whole point of encouragement. Paul's saying here in Hebrews, said, encourage one another now that the day is coming soon. Let's motive each, motivate each other to acts of love and good works. That's why we come together. I, I think it's, it's so funny. I was thinking about this. If I haven't been around a group in a while, if I've been away from somebody, isn't it funny how like weird thoughts start to creep in about those people? Like, oh, do they still like me? Are they still friends with me? Are they, they haven't talked to me in a while. Like, or if I, if I don't see somebody at church, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, did I say something last Sunday that offended them? Or whatever it may be. I, I, I feel like I'm probably not the only one who does that. It's so important to be together. It's so important to be around each other. And for us, the motivation is encouragement, to be encouraging each other so that coming here on Sunday isn't just, well, okay, I came and did my thing, but how are we encouraging each other? I think we've been doing this really well. When I look around and I see some of the stories of, of ways that you guys are interacting with each other, it's encouraging. I see you know, text and email threads of, of prayers, people going in for, for doctor's visits and there's, there's prayers going on and there's you know, things of encouragement going on. I think of Marissa, I don't know if many of you know her story, she sings up here. Her fiance passed away earlier this year you guys came around, you made meals, you visited her. And then on top of that, she ended up messing up her shoulder and had to have surgery. And you continued to love on her and be gracious to her and send her texts. Like that is the body of Christ. When people are hurting, when people are in pain, that we are there to be a support, to encourage one another. And so I'd say, keep it up. The ways that you are interacting with each other, that's, that's beautiful to be such a young church and already have people doing this for each other. It was great, you know, Marissa was like, yeah, there's these people, I don't even know who they are, and they're signed up for a meal, and they said hi on Sunday. Like, that's, that's, that's awesome. And that's a very practical way that we can show God's love to somebody who's in a tough time. And we're, we're all in tough times at some point. We need that, we need community. And so this importance of being together is so important. I would say this too, if someone here has encouraged you, like if you have been encouraged in some way or loved on well by somebody here, let them know, tell them. I think too often, like we have these things and you'll say thank you in the moment, but like go and be like, hey, you know when you did that, when you said that to me, when you actually just said hi to me that Sunday, it really meant a lot because I had a really tough weekend and man, you just acknowledging my existence was a really big deal to me. Can I say thank you? Like, 
So, so do that. Like today, if there's somebody in this church that has either encouraged you or blessed you or loved you in some way, let them know. Because those are the things that like, that like positive affirmation, like that's good. It, it, it lets us know that, hey, that, that thing that we're doing, that's good. There's, there's good outcome. So let's not, let's not, I meant to say, let's not neglect being together. Let's not neglect encouraging you. Continue to encourage, continue to be together, continue to doing that. And in this series, we talked about the tough part of us dealing with each other's messes. We all, who's, who's a mess sometimes? We got any messes in the room? Am I the only? Oh, okay, a lot of people. Good, I'm not the only mess. We've, we can be messes sometimes. And that's the tough thing in community. Like, I gotta deal with your mess, you gotta deal with my mess, and you know, we're just a beautiful mess. Uh, but a lot of times in church, that can, that can not happen. We can get upset. Well, so-and-so, they came in and they said this to me. And then it just keeps going and keeps going. And soon enough, you're like, I don't really wanna go to church because that person's not nice to me. We gotta deal with each other. We gotta deal with the, the humanness of each of us. And I had a phrase in that second week that I wanna, that I wanna revisit, it's this, it's when we embrace the goodness of, of God's forgiveness in our lives, we can begin to extend that same forgiveness to others. So as, as a church, as people, if we can begin to understand just the goodness of God in our life and the grace and the mercy on us when we don't get it right, how much more can we then extend that same forgiveness, that same grace to others. This is gonna be huge. Like if we're gonna, if we're gonna be unified, we have to know, hey, I'm probably gonna be offended at some point. Somebody's sin is gonna pop out. You know, they're gonna sin against me. Or you're gonna, something's going to happen when you're dealing with people, I promise you. And if we can't stay unified through that, if we can't forgive, we can't love well, then it's gonna fall apart. Being unified requires grace and it requires, requires forgiveness. And so I encourage us as we, as we continue in this church thing, as we grow press church to understand, hey, this is a part of being unified together. It's not gonna be all sunshines and rainbows and butterflies and oh, this is just perfect. I love Jesus and I love my church. Like there's gonna be stuff. We have, we have problems sometimes. We have to deal with that. And then if you join us last week, You'll know this, that you're special, right? I had everybody say that you're special. I said, you know, tell to each other, you're special, I'm special, we're special. God has made you unique, you matter. You have a special purpose. God has given you gifts. He's equipped you with something special. I said that, that this, this slide, you've been given a gift and that gift is best used in community. If you have a gift, if, if God's given you something and you aren't using that, if you're not extending that, then we're not loving well. Then you're taking something that God's given you and you're, and you're not using it, you're not stewarding it. You know, we can, we can tend to find, and on the, on the negative side, we can then tend to find our identity in those things. I talked about how we can, we can identify, we can have all our identity wrapped up in what I do. I am Sean Lee and I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a lead pastor, I'm the, I, I talk on Sundays, and that's, that's what I do, that's my identity, that's who I am. What happens if I somehow lose my voice completely? What happens then, am I no longer important? 
Am I no longer able to be used by God? I used to, do, I used to uh, lead worship all the time. What happens, you know, I played guitar. What happens if my finger some randomly gets chopped off and I can't play guitar anymore? Is my identity lost? These gifts that God has given us, they're not our identity. They are used and given to us for good, but they are not who we are. We talk about our vision statement here over and over again, to embrace your identity in Christ. That's our hope, to embrace your identity in Christ. You are not your gifting. Because if you lose that, what happens? Now your whole identity is lost. Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not useful anymore. You are not loved because of your gifting. You are given gifts because you are loved. And when we live out of that, it's beautiful. And when the church comes together and you take your gift and you take your gift and we all use our giftings together, guess what? It's beautiful. We'll make a difference. We'll love well. And then finally, what are we unifying around? What, what brings us together? What's the, what's the Sunday school answer? Everybody? Jesus. Exactly. And we, we laugh, yeah, we laugh, but it's, it's true. There's power in that. We are unified around Christ, around Jesus, around what he did for us. It's a big deal. But a lot of times we can unify around other things about what we like, preferences, where we live, things like that. That's not what, what brings us together. That's not what keeps us together. It truly is Christ. And so I want to celebrate that today. Today we are going to celebrate together, and I'm going to talk a lot about communion today. As we wrap up this series, I thought, what better way to celebrate our togetherness than to take communion together? And so if you didn't get elements, we will have somebody with, with a, a, a little bag to, to get you those elements. You can raise your hand whenever they can get you. But if you didn't get elements, please I'll let her know. But we will be taking, not, not right now, but we will be taking communion. But I want to talk about the importance of communion. The fact that the communion is, is based around community. It's based around togetherness. I actually put together a little description of what I think communion is. It's this. It's to remember together that which brings us together, which is the central unifying element of our faith. Jesus' death and resurrection is what, it, it's what we remember. We remember his death and his resurrection. And we do that together. And that is the central unifying element. That first and foremost saying, you know what? I don't have it all together. I need a savior. And God, you sent your only son to die on the cross for us. And we are thankful. We do that together. So this idea of togetherness is built into communion. If we look at the Greek word for communion, it's koinonia. If you've ever heard that word before, and it means participation, it means sharing this common union. And so by us taking the elements together, we are celebrating together. We are celebrating together Christ and who he is. And so I want to walk through the, the time uh, that night when Jesus met with his disciples. So the night before he was betrayed, he brought his disciples together for a meal. And that meal was the Passover meal. And so Jesus and disciples, he sends them out to go get the meal prepared. And for us today, this Passover meal may not mean as much, but for them it was very important. You see, the Passover meal reminded them of when the Israelites 
had gotten out of slavery from the Egyptians. So I don't know you guys know a guy named Moses. You remember Moses from the Old Testament? Uh, you know, we got Charlton Heston, let my people go, right? And everybody under 40 are like, wait, what are you talking about? So Jesus, sorry, so God sends Moses. God sends Moses to Pharaoh, and he says, let my people go. And from there, you know, Pharaoh's saying, no, I'm not going to let the people go. And so what happens? God says plague after plague after plague. And we see this. Moses continues to go to Pharaoh, let my people go. And he keeps saying, no, let my people go. No, all these, all these terrible things, I'm not letting the people go. And finally, we see that God sent one last plague. And in this plague, the firstborn of every family would die. But before this happened, God let the Israelites know. He said, you go and you take a lamb, a one-year-old lamb without spot or blemish, and you, and you, and you kill that lamb. And you take the blood, and you, and you put that over your doorposts. And as an angel of death comes through, your firstborn will not be harmed. And obviously we know in the story after this, Pharaoh says, get out. He's like, Go get out of there. And so the Israelites are freed. But from then on, God says, remember this. Don't forget this. Remember what has happened today. And if we look in scripture, so many times we see this, that God says to remember things. Who else is terrible at remember things? Anybody else? We got bad, bad memory. We, we all, I think, fall into that, right? Like, we are really bad at remembering things. I joke about looking back. I don't I don't journal much. I'm a, I am an awful journaler. Journaler? Is that a word? Jur- I just made it up. So if it isn't, I'm really bad at journaling. How about that? That's a better way of saying it. I'm really bad at journaling. And so it was funny to me, for, for a small time in my life, in my, my early 20s, I, I journaled. I would, I would write down verses that I was reading through. I'd write down prayer requests and then just write down you know, things going on. Like the first time when I met my wife, Bethany, I'm like, hey, I met this girl. I think she's cool. Like, it's funny, you know, seeing my 20-year-old self talking about this. But it's funny the things that I forgot, the things that I was going through, the, the, requ- the prayer requests that were answered, the times that God answered prayer for me. I was like reading through some of the things that I would prayed for. I'm like, wow, I, I didn't even like acknowledge that God answered that prayer. I almost forgot about it. I think how often do we forget? And so we see this. We see this for the people that that God wanted them to remember. So we have this Passover meal. And so they have a meal remembering what God did for them. And for this Passover, they would actually, so the the Jewish people, they would, they continued uh, this tradition of they took a lamb and it would be a a one-year-old male lamb without spot or blemish. And that family would actually travel to Jerusalem. So they, you've got this little lamb, this like cute little, you know, fluffy, white, perfect lamb, and you, you know, you're carrying them all the way to Jerusalem. And what happens? You take them to the temple. And in that temple, what happens? And this is everybody, this is, all the Jewish people are doing this. So you imagine all these people traveling into Jerusalem for the Passover. And they're taking this little lamb into the temple. And what do they do? They put the lamb down, and they actually said, I, I, I read this, that they actually placed their hands on the, the lamb. In some accounts, I heard they even, like, put their body weight on the lamb. 
And what they were signifying is their sins from that year going on to the lamb. So everything they did that year, all the terrible things that they did, they're now putting those sins on the lamb. They're, they're, they're touching that lamb. They're holding that lamb. They're potentially even laying on this lamb. And then the high priest comes by, and what does he do? He slits the throat of the lamb. And the lamb goes and, you know, bleeds out. That lamb, in essence, was paying the price of the sin for those people. So right there in front of their eyes, they are, they are seeing the result of their sin for that year. And I think, you know, in today's time, like, we don't, we don't see that. We don't see physical death because of our sins. We're, thankfully, we, are not, we don't have to sacrifice anymore. But can you imagine, like, you know, seeing that? And it wasn't just one lamb. It was like a lot of, there was a lot of people bringing lambs. Can you, the smell, the sight? And so you, you understand to, like, the nth degree, like, this is the result of my sin. This, this is the consequence for my sin. This, this perfect unblemished lamb taking the, the cost for my sin. And so this is, this is what's going on in the Passover. As the disciples and Jesus are coming in, this is what they're, they're celebrating the Passover, and they're, they're remembering all these things. And then Jesus, he, he's talking to his disciples, and he said this in, in Luke 22. He says this to them. He says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And I wonder, if you're the disciples there, like, what does he mean by this? He's going to suffer? He won't eat it again until it's fulfillment? Like, what, what is going on here? And we know Jesus is that fulfillment, Jesus is that perfect lamb. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. And he took the weight of all of our sins. And he, and he died for us. He died for us. When we see, you know, references in scripture about the Worthy is the lamb that was slain, or images around this. You, you understand, like, that, that is what is, is signifying, that Jesus is this perfect sacrifice. And, and he came to the cross saying, you know, it is finished. And we get to celebrate what that means for us. We get to celebrate that, that he loved us so much that he would take the weight of all of it, not just your sins, all of our sins, everyone's sins from here to eternity. And he got on that cross and he died a horrible death for us. So when we celebrate communion, when we, when we come together for communion, this is what's going on. This is why we talk about the body and the blood. 
If you hear about a lamb, this is what we're talking about with the lamb, this representation of somebody taking the sins for you, putting it on them, and suffering for us. And so for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, for those of us who say that he is our savior, and that he died and rose again for us, this is what we are celebrating today. This is what the, that, that piece of bread and that, that wine or juice or whatever you use is signifying. It's saying this, this body that was broken for us and this blood that was shed for us so that we don't have to pay the consequences of our sin. And that is what we have hope in as Christians. And as I was going through my notes last night, I just felt that I wanted to give an opportunity. If you've never put your faith in Christ before, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And if, you've, if you've never come to him and say, God, I, I need a savior. I cannot do this on my own. Whether you're here, whether you're watching online, wherever you are today, if you've never put your faith in Christ, I do want to offer that to you today. Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is what our, our hope is in. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, that he is our savior, that he died and rose again, and that death paid for our sins. It paid for something that we could not do on our own. And that is what we celebrate today in communion. But if you have never done it before, I do wanna offer that to you. I'm gonna say a prayer. And I'd like for you guys to repeat after me. And those of you who have said that pr this prayer before, those of you who uh, are, are members of the faith, who, who say that they believe in Christ, I want you guys to say it too. I want us to all just say this prayer at last. It'll be real short. But if you've never said this before, I'm gonna ask you to join me in this, to put your hope and faith in Jesus. So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I've sinned and fallen short. I acknowledge my need for a savior. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe that he died for my sins and that you raised him to new life. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Now, if that's the first time that you've said that prayer, we celebrate with you. We celebrate that your faith is in Christ, on the solid rock, on him, our foundation. And if you didn't make that decision, please let us know. We would love to support you through this. Email us, info at or come and talk to me today. Wherever it may be, send us a message online. Whatever it may be, please let us know. But as we partake in this communion. This is what we are celebrating. We are remembering and celebrating what Christ did for us. And so as we take communion, I'm gonna ask if, if everybody could just stand with us. I'd like to do this together. If you could just stand this morning. And as we take communion, I have three things that I'd, I'd like us to focus on as we're, as we're taking these elements. We do three things. The first one is this. When taking communion, we look within. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, 28, it says that everybody ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And so as, before we take this, let's examine ourselves. 
If there's, if there's sin we need to repent of, let's, let's repent of that sin. Maybe there's something good that God has done for you. Let's, let's be thankful this morning to look within and be thankful for what God has done. So the first thing we do is we look within. The second, we look back. In Luke twenty two nineteen, 19, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. So as we take these elements, we look back and we remember what Christ did. We remember the sacrifice. We celebrate that. And finally, we look ahead. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So not only are we proclaiming his death and resurrection, but we are also proclaiming the hope that we have in Christ. Amen. The hope that's not just now, but we have an eternal hope. Hope to be with, with Jesus forever. So we look within, we look back, and we look ahead. So if you would, let's take this, this first element, let's take the bread, the cracker, the wafer. When Jesus was meeting with his disciples, he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. So let's all take it together in remembrance of him. that night he took the wine and he said to them this is my blood which has been shed for you and as we think about what we learned today this is the the, the perfect sacrifice that covers our sins let's drink this in remembrance of him communion, to remember together that which brings us together and is the central unifying element of our faith. My prayer for us is that as a church, we would continue to be unified around this, around our hope in Christ, around his perfect sacrifice, around what he has done for us. And as weeks go by, as years go by, as long as God keeps this church going, God, I, I, I do pray that we would be unified, that we'd understand our importance of being together. Our mission and our desire to make a difference in this community starts with us being together and being unified around Jesus. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you. And I pray that, that this time together that we have, taking these elements that that we would, we would do that, that we would, look, that we would look back and be thankful to what you did, that we would look inside and we would, we would be willing to both ask for forgiveness and be thankful, Lord, for what you've done for us. And then together we do look ahead to the hope that we have in you. God, I'm so excited for what you are gonna do through this 
through this church, through this body of people, God, that as we embrace who we are in you, as we understand who we are because of what you have done and why we matter and why we are important, why we are special, God, is because of your love and it's because of your grace in our lives. So God, be honored in this time. We bless you, we thank you, we love you, and we are honored to be used by you and be a part of what you're doing, God. It's your name that we pray, amen. Amen. We're gonna continue worship, so please stay standing and let's worship together.